The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented, of course, by DraftKings. And we have got the professor, Greg Cosell from NFL Films University, is in the house. Cannot wait to get his thoughts on all these tight ends. Getting franchise tagged, the Russell Wilson trade, of course. And also, quite frankly, we're going to dive into the top running backs. He's got a guy, I know, we were texting that he really likes in this running back draft class. Greg will be the big show in about a minute. First, though, it's a Friday, which is not just a finish strong Friday. It's also a winner's Friday, Mike Singletary. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Yeah, we want you to win at life, okay? We want you to finish strong with the work day today. Get a workout in, eat healthy, kick butt at work for your family so that this weekend you can feel good about yourself, feel good about what you did. You also can enter to win any of our contests and then have me announce you on a Thursday or Friday as a winner and know you got a little something something coming to you, like Ryan Curella who quote tweeted the college draft podcast this week at Ross Tucker pod and said, he's a huge Fran Duffy guy. Fran Duffy was on the college draft talking about what goes on behind the scenes at the combine. Very interesting. Highly encourage you guys to check it out. If you didn't already, Fran is awesome. So Ryan, you get a signed press pass, signed football card, signed picture. You tell me, bro, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. The sponsor confirmation email winner, David King. Yet another guy getting a myfrontpagestory.com story for a loved one. Love it. Racking them up. Mother's Day will be here before you know it. Lots of birthdays and anniversaries. Myfrontpagestory.com. David, let me know what you would like. I love when you guys take advantage of that because the people you give the gift to, it is awesome. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Because they hang it somewhere in the house and it's up forever. And then the YouTube shout out, which is a cameo style shout out. So it's 30 seconds to a minute and I'll shout out whoever you want me to shout out. It can be a gag. It can be uh, congratulations. It can be whatever you want it to be. 
Brett Bolsinger. He talked about Steve Fezzik's thoughts on YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL on the Calvin Ridley bet. So kudos to you, Brett. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are now joined, as we are every week, by the NFL Films legend, the civilian GOAT, the one and only Greg Cosell, at Greg Cosell. I checked, by the way, our YouTube views, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and Greg's video breakdowns of the prospects always do extremely well. We're diving into running backs today. But, Greg, it's been such a busy week. I I have to ask you about some of the veteran movement and just get your sort of first blush thoughts. And and I guess the one I'm most curious about would be your thoughts on Russell Wilson's fit in Denver in general and I guess in particular in Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Well, when you make a trade like that, obviously you have internal discussions as to how he fits. You don't just make a trade. We know he's a good quarterback. But Nathaniel Hackett, Ross, comes in many ways from that highly structured, highly defined offensive school of thought, a little bit of a Kyle Shanahan, where the run game is really the starting point and the pass game works off that. So it'll be very interesting, obviously, when you – trade for a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you have to have a plan in your mind that he feels comfortable with as well, or you wouldn't make the trade. So I'm very curious to see what the balance is there between what Hackett's background is. He's not an old coach, but he obviously grew up in the game. Uh, But he's not old as far as coaching with what his philosophy is and what he'd ideally like it to be versus what I think Russell Wilson would like to be himself because my sense is that Russell Wilson would like to throw the ball more in Seattle. Obviously that offense all through those years was essentially built on the run game. That is really where Paul Hackett's um, Paul Hackett. Wow. I'm aging myself here, Ross. Nathaniel Hackett's offense starts with the run game. So this, as I said, you have to have these discussions before you make the trade. So I think the offense will look different. It's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and highly structured because, uh, you know, one thing I've certainly learned from you over the years is that as good as Russell Wilson is, you know, maybe it's his height, maybe it's something else. He hasn't always made the throws or made the plays within the structure of the offense. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing to keep in mind is, In Seattle, from the moment he got there, and obviously he got there when they had the best defense in football and they had Marshawn Lynch. But for the most part, all through the years in Seattle, they used the run game as the foundational starting point. And there's no way to know the answer to this unless you're there. But did they do that because of a philosophy, a Pete Carroll philosophy? Or did they do that because they believe that's the best way to play with Russell Wilson? We don't really know the answer to that. In some ways, uh, Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos had to decide what they believe the answer to that to be because you don't make the trade without having a clear, defined plan as to what Russell Wilson is and how you plan to deploy him. You also don't franchise tag a guy, Greg, unless you feel like they're a big part of what you're doing and really valuable – 
which is why it was out to me this year, Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, three guys getting the franchise tag, Greg, that I don't think anybody, you know, three tight ends, I don't think anybody would say that they think any of those guys are top five tight ends in the NFL. And yet, because of the economics, they all get franchise tag. Yeah. Is there a lesson there, Greg? Is there a takeaway? Well, it could just be this particular year, but tight ends in general, Ross, the game has changed to where tight ends because now they detach from the formation. And by the way, Gusecki was a detached player a year ago, but keep in mind, Mike McDaniel is now the head coach in Miami. Uh, Gusecki is not George Kittle, but we obviously know that the tight end was very important in the San Francisco offense. So I'm sure Mike McDaniel has a plan for him in the Miami offense. And Joku has always been a highly talented, very athletic player who's production has not necessarily matched his traits. Maybe there's going to be a slight change in philosophy in in Cleveland in terms of how to use him because he's clearly athletic. But the point, the overall point is this. Tight ends really can give coordinators and quarterbacks a much clearer pre-snap read depending on where you line them up. They're very important in today's NFL. Tight ends, for instance, that can line up as the boundary X, the single receiver to the short side of the field with three receivers to the wide side. That tells the quarterback a lot before the snap of the ball. That's what you're trying to do. So tight ends, particularly ones that can do that, they have a lot of value in today's NFL. You know, we don't talk money with you a lot because we just don't. That's not really your deal. Um, I, I would argue... I think tight ends might be the most undervalued position in the NFL. I mean, I think that's why these guys are getting franchised. I mean, you can get a guy for $10 million for a year. The top guys are making 14 15 Receivers, corners, D-linemen are making, you know, T.J. Watt and Joey Bosa are making double that. Look, I think edge rushers are important, but tight ends. I mean, yeah. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Ask the Chiefs and the Niners how valuable those guys are to what they're doing. And the other reason, and I'm just guessing here, this is not a big tight end draft year, uh, Ross. So there may be a feeling that, hey, we're not going to really get that guy in the draft, so we need to make sure we keep our guys. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, One position that is uh, chronically discussed in terms of its value, it's running back. Uh, Let's dive into some of the running backs In this draft class, Greg, it's funny, you know, in my mind, three guys have gotten a lot of attention and then there's just kind of a bunch of other guys. Is there, is there one guy, I ask this with every position group, but is there one guy that stood out above the rest to you that you really liked? Well, there's a bunch I like, but I would say Brees Hall from Iowa State would be my my number one if I had to make a list. He, he's the total package. Um, And I think that ultimately he he presents a, a, a high-level combination of what I like to describe as patience and decisiveness. He's very smooth. He's fluid. There's a gliding feel to his running. He's a professional runner, Ross. He has a refined sense of pace and tempo. He rarely looks hurried. He almost runs with a rhythmic feel that at times it almost looks choreographed. And I thought in 2021 – as opposed to 2020, because I watched both years, I thought that there was a more powerful feel to his running in 2021. 
I thought he dropped his pads. I thought he took on defenders at the second and third level. He's got a strong lower half. But I really like Brees Hall. To me, he's the total package of the running backs in this class because I think he's a receiver as well. And I think there's a lot to be tapped there when you get to the NFL. He'll run a more multiple route tree from out of the backfield. He'll run angle routes. He'll run wheel routes, maybe eight seam. Um, he has shown he can be detached from the formation. So Hall is, is, to me, the number one back in this class. Just a guess here, Greg, but I'm going to guess last summer you did not watch Kenneth Walker Wake Forest tape. I, that's a guess. I'm going to guess you did not watch any tape of Kenneth Walker at Wake Forest. He wasn't even on the radar as a prospect. Goes to Michigan State, <laughs> has an absolutely ridiculous year. What do you see from the kid at Michigan State? Which, by the way, I'll just one, one note on this, Greg. I don't know if you, how much you've ever watched Wake Forest offense, but they have a truly unique offense that I've never seen anybody else run anywhere that the running back essentially has to like hop in place for like four seconds before he gets the ball sometime. It, it's, it's very unique and strange, and it almost feels like he just needed to get to a different place that more suited his style. Well, yeah, I'm not that familiar with their offense, and you'd be correct. I did not watch Kenneth Walker a year ago, but I did watch quite a bit of him this year at Michigan State. He was a fun guy to watch. Um, he's compact. He's built low to the ground. He's got piston-like feet that seemingly never stop moving. He's got really good lateral quickness and suddenness. He makes decisive, sharp cuts. He's got really good contact balance to work through the first and second levels of the defense. Um, he's tenacious. He's competitive. He lowers his pads. He attacks defenders. There's a run to daylight feel to him, Ross. He he looks for space. So he, with a sort of slashing, darting style, um, and he can outflank the defense with, with his speed. Um, I think his game is primarily built on lateral quickness and, southern, and suddenness and contact balance and competitiveness. And there's a little bit of, you know, jazz musician to him as well. He's kind of free-flowing. He looks, as I said, for space. So there's an improvisational creative element to him. So I like Kenneth Walker's tape. The question is his value in the past game. And that's I think that's an open question. Which doesn't mean he can't do it. No. It just means he hasn't shown really that Correct. he can do it. Correct. And that's what teams find out with pro days and other things that I don't get to do. So you're, you are correct. I'm not going to sit here and say he cannot do it. It just wasn't on his tape. So I think a year ago, they were talking like Isaiah Spiller was a, a, a surefire first-round pick, that he might have been the best running back last year, if I remember. Um, and, and this year, I don't know if he didn't have as good a year or what. I didn't follow him that closely. What do you think of Spiller from A&M? Yeah, I, I like the way he runs. Um, he's the pass game stuff is a concern with him, including pass protection, but he'll come into the NFL as a competitive physical downhill runner. He's got size. He's got natural power. He's got finishing traits. Um, he, he comes across when you watch his tape as kind of that foundation volume back with that kind of profile. Although he, he didn't carry 200 times in any season at Texas A&M, but that's what his profile is. He has size. He has a compact build. He's got patience, vision. He's got short area burst. 
He's got subtle lateral quickness, works really well in confined space. He's got natural power, good contact balance. He's got finishing toughness and competitiveness. He, he's got the traits of a sustaining NFL back. Um, I, I think that, you know, he, he's going to be one of those guys that people say, well, the NFL, you don't draft backs high because he's that kind of back. He's a grinder in some ways. So we'll see where he goes in the draft. But, but he's got strong, sustaining traits as a runner. Any other guys really yeah. jump out to you, Greg, if I give you kind of a blank? I mean, there's a lot of other there's names a lot of guys. here. Algier and Zamir White, Kenny Brooks, James Cook, Brian Robinson. Any other guys that, that really stood out to you? Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, I, I really like Brian Robinson's tape. I think he's a really interesting uh, back. He's got feature back size and traits. He's close to 6'2". He's 226 pounds, give or take. Um, there's kind of a looseness to his running style. He's got light, active feet. I wouldn't say he's purely shifty and elusive, um, but there were a lot of runs in which he flashed lateral quickness and agility with sort of stop and start and the ability to reaccelerate. Um, I thought his his 2021 tape showed kind of a loose-hipped runner, more efficient change of direction, more fluid feel. I like Brian Robinson. But when you talk about the draft and the NFL, and that's what we're doing. We're transitioning guys to the NFL. Um, and, and by the way, there's some other backs I like. There's Jerome Ford from Cincinnati, who I think is a really intriguing back, who's, who initially went to Alabama and transferred to Cincinnati. But the, the pass game has become really important, as we all know, uh, Ross, in the NFL. And I think there's two backs that really stood out to me when it comes to that, um, that I've seen. I may be missing some. I haven't seen every single back, obviously. But I thought James Cook from Georgia, who's Dalvin Cook's little brother, and he's smaller than Dalvin Cook, um, he won't be a foundation back in the NFL at 190 pounds, but he's a really good runner, and he's a really good receiver. You can line him up outside. You can split him, detach him from the formation. Um, So he's fascinating. By the way, he does possess all the skills to be a really good runner. He's just small. Um, he's not the same level of player as Alvin Kamara, but in many ways he brings a similar running receiving profile to an offense. Um, and then there's Rashad White from Arizona State, who's a bigger man and a good runner and another very, very good receiver. So in, in today's NFL, you and I know the value of receiving backs, particularly backs that can split and detach from the formation. James Cook can do that. White can do that. It would not surprise me if White from ASU becomes an excellent NFL player with a strong combination of running and receiving traits. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. That, that's interesting that those guys jumped out to you um, from that standpoint in the receiving game, which I think with every passing year, Greg, the value they place on that goes up and the value of just you know what they are as a regular down and distance runner goes down. Yeah, and that's why there are backs that I liked. Like, I thought that there was a back from Ole Miss who did not get a lot of volume at Ole Miss named Snoop Connor, who I really liked his running. Um, I just don't know how the league will see him. I mean, I thought that uh, there was some Chris Carson to Connor's running style, Carson being a little more physical and powerful, and Snoop Connor being more quicker and more naturally explosive. And I think here's a guy just scratching the surface of what he could become as a runner. But then you get into the issue of can he be a factor in the pass game? And if not, 
we know those guys don't have the same value in today's NFL unless they're truly special. Uh, and even then, you know, it depends on other factors. Look, we look at someone like Saquon Barkley, and unfortunately he's been injured a lot, but it just has never worked out. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. That way you always know what Greg is up to. Uh, you can also go back, whether it's just the audio version or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and check out Greg discussing quarterbacks and wide receivers the last couple of weeks. We will move on. Uh, Greg and I will huddle up. Maybe it's tight end. Maybe it's offensive lineman. We'll figure it out next week. But the positional breakdown continues heading into the 2022 NFL Draft. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. I'm telling you, this guy, Greg Cosell, is a keeper. You know what else is a keeper? Your hair. Trust me. I am one of you, okay? I didn't know when I would start to losing my hair or not. I didn't know if I should start doing something. The answer is yes and yes. When in doubt, there is no doubt. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. More than 50 million men suffer from male pattern baldness. You don't have to, though. There's two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. I take both. I'm not ashamed at all. I'm on TV. I want to keep my hair as much as I can. Why not? I take a little pill in the morning. And in the morning and at night, I put a topical cream on my bald spot in the back of my head. It has proven results. That's why the FDA approved it. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Ross to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ross to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash Ross. Tucks takes. Hey, Ross. Good morning. Let's start today with the Washington Commanders, and that is still a little odd to say, but uh, we'll start with them. They trade a third round pick and a conditional second round pick to the Indianapolis Colts, and they get to pay Carson Wentz $28 million this year. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it, Bri. Um, I probably will because I suppose I sort of got used to. Washington football team over the last couple years. Um, I really do not care for the commander name. Man, it just feels like Warthogs or Red Hogs would have been so much better. I'm. Uh, it bothers me as a guy that played there twice. Started my career there and finished my career there. This trade would also bother me quite a bit if I was a fan of the Washington football team, the Washington commanders now. You're going to trade a third-round pick and a conditional second. No, oh, by the way, yeah, the Colts flipped Washington a seventh. Who cares? And the Colts even move up five spots in the second round this year. To pay Carson Wentz $28 million, the Colts were getting rid of Carson Wentz. Regardless, if nobody was willing to trade anything, they would have cut him outright. Were there other teams? that wanted to pay Carson Wentz $28 million this year? Were there other teams willing to give up draft picks to do that? I tend to doubt it, quite frankly. I, I tend to doubt it. I think Washington panicked. 
I mean, think about this. And I tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL. Frank Reich loves Carson Wentz. Loves him. Personally, professionally. If Frank Reich was willing to allow this to happen, even though the Colts don't have a quarterback, the Colts don't have a quarterback. What does that tell you if you're Washington? Don't like the trade at all? It's yet another team, I guess, that thinks they can get the most out of Carson. We, we, we shall see. But what are the odds he's better in Washington than he was in Indy with Frank Reich? Tux takes. Edge rusher Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers in return for a second-round pick and a sixth in 2023. This makes a lot of sense to me for both teams. The Bears are not a player or two away. They're not. And with Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay, they're not winning that division. It's not happening. Okay? So they're trying to get, I believe, more weaponry for Justin Fields, whether that's offensive line, tight end, receivers, whatever. I think they'd rather use the Khalil Mack money on offense to help prop up Justin Fields and see what this kid can do than on defense. The second round pick this year helps. They free up a lot of cap space. You know, Mack was hurt last year. There's some debate as to how much he has left. Clearly, the Chargers think he's got quite a bit left. They know they have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract for three more years if they want to. They're trying to take advantage of it. This trade is the way trades are supposed to be. Trades started like thousands of years ago. Hey, I got a, I got a grain farm. Sweet. I got a milk farm. Awesome. I'll give you some grain. You give me some milk. Sounds like a deal. Not all trades, there's a winner or a loser. It's bartering. I think both sides got what they wanted here. Tux takes. A couple guys getting cut, including the Cardinals. Cutting linebacker Jordan Hicks. Titans, left guard, Roger Saffold. Commanders also cut Landon Collins. So not all of these are official yet. You know, some of these are going to happen at the start of the new league year, but it's leaked now so that, People know these guys are available. A lot of linebackers. I mean, Hicks adds to Bobby Wagner and A.J. Klein and a lot of off-the-ball linebackers getting cut. Saffold's been a really good player. That's not good for the Titans to be weakening their offensive line. Landon Collins is interesting. He said publicly he took a pay cut, and then when they got Carson Wentz, they asked him to take another pay cut. and He's like, no. I took one. I'm not taking another one. So that's a good way for Carson Wentz to ingratiate himself with the new team. You're making other guys take pay cuts and get cut. That's setting him up for success. Tux takes. Alejandro Villanueva has retired and uh, another guy cut. Tavon Young cut by the Ravens. He Tavon Young's a really good nickelback. He's just gotten hurt too much and they can save the salary cap space. Villanueva didn't have a great year, served his purpose as the Ravens had injuries, at offensive tackle, they needed him. I think he started like every game. He only played seven years only, and that's how long I played. But I think he started, Bri, every game just about for those seven years because it's pretty remarkable, actually, 
how many games – I mean, it feels like he played a lot longer than that, doesn't it? Because he was starting for so long for the Steelers and other people. Obviously, now the um, the Ravens – I mean, he started 107 games. You look at it, 2015 started 10. Then every he started every game after that. Crazy durable. Awesome. Terrific career for Alejandro. Tux takes. And one last note, Jason Kelsey is going to be back for another season with the Eagles. He had an epic video, absolutely epic video, talking about him coming back. Speaking of epic, by the way, do you know you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire look you can't just find a starting center like jason kelsey anywhere and you probably can't find them on linkedin you know what though you can find them anywhere else LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Maybe you should go on LinkedIn and do a video like Jason Kelsey did, where he's drinking a beer. I mean, what an epic video from that guy. You got to get, look, if you're on LinkedIn, you got to do something different. You got to do something different. Something like that, something that stands out. I love it. I also love our patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media Pizza Boy Brewing. I might be there tomorrow. Sport of Culture, HumanHeadNYC.com, and SteakhouseSports.com absolutely love all of them love everybody that signs up at patreon.com slash rt media to be a part of our private slack channel if you need some podcasts the next couple days fantasy feast even money college draft andrew brant's business of sports we will be back either sunday night or monday morning not sure yet i think we're done here Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.